Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries. Log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. Give us a call, 618-383-2107. Hey, come ride along with us in the cab as we have Church on the Road. I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day Hey friends, this is Chapman Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry, and I've got my partner with me. Hi, my name is Fred Mooney, and I'm excited and honored to be here in the cab with Gary Rayburn. And we are going to have church on the road for you today, folks. So sit back, listen, and enjoy our program. And if you'd like to get more copies, just give us a call at 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. My address is 408-414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. is our life, isn't it, Fred? Yes, it is. And we got a great program today. Our speaker today is our pastor, Rick Hayes. Uh, Rick Hayes, he's uh, really excited in this message, and he's preaching about the prodigal son. Uh, you know, my friend here, Gary, he wrote a song one time about the prodigal son. It's called No Shame, The Cross Won't Bear. I really like the history of songs. Tell us about the history of this, Gary. Yeah, this song here, uh, I was uh, sitting in my living room one day and and uh, heard a knock on my door. And it, it, I hadn't been saved very long. And uh, my pastor, R Russ Beatles, knocked on my door. 
and he was coming back from Fairfield, and he seen a familiar car in the parking lot. One of his uh, people that go to his church was sitting there in that parking lot, and he said, I just turned around and went right back. And he said, I pulled in the parking lot and walked in there. I seen this prodigal son sitting at a bar stool. And I walked over there to him and I said, son, what are you doing in here? And he wouldn't even look at me. He just hung his head in shame. And uh, I tried to talk to him and he wouldn't, wouldn't even raise his head. He wouldn't even make eye contact with me. And so I finally just got up and left. I've got to say, I find that remarkable that a pastor would care enough to stop and go into a place that normally you wouldn't find a pastor and to witness to one of his parish members and try to win him back to the Lord. And that brings to mind this song, No Shame, the Cross Won't Bear. I don't care where you've been, I serve a God that's a God of second chances. Amen, amen, yeah. Well, after... Russ told me that story that day, and I just wrote all this down in a letter. Months later, he never responded to me. I finally ended up putting this in a song format and thinking, this needs to be told. And yes, so it does. I told it in this song, No Shame the Cross Won't Bear. Just as I am Without one plea But that thy blood Was shed for me And that thou bidst me come to day a preacher friend of mine was driving out near the county line. Near the tavern he got an awful shock, a well-known car in the parking lot. The preacher parked his car and went right in, sat down at the bar next to a friend. While fighting back a bitter tear, the preacher said, son, why are you here? Please come on home to those who care. There is no shame. The cross won't bear. Just as you are, son, come on home. Your family is waiting. For you, son, faith in Jesus will set you free. There's no shame, the cross won't bear. The next.
back Sunday morning, my preacher friend preached his heart, painting a picture of sin. And when he gave an altar call, the people were kneeling, wall to wall. The prodigal son confessed his sins at that blessed altar of prayer. Now the family's one and praising God. All the preacher could do was cry and nod. Friend, have you met God at an altar of prayer? There is no shame the cross won't bear. Just as you are a friend, your blessed Savior waits for you, and from your sin He will set you free. There's no shame; the cross won't bear. Friend, have you met God at an altar of prayer? There is no shame the cross won't bear. Just as I am, though tossed about with many. Well, it's my pleasure, Gary, to introduce to you our pastor, Rick Hayes of Orchardville Church. Uh, He's got a message here where he talks about the prodigal son. Rick Hayes is uh, doing an awesome job as pastor of Orchardville Church, and he's been pastoring there for a little over a year. And I'll tell you what a wonderful uh, job he's doing. You're going to hear today a message that really comes from his heart. And he has a heart to win lost people. He was youth minister for several years up there, and his heart is all about reaching those that are lost in a way. And you're going to hear that today. The title of this message was Welcome Home, and that's what we want to do is we want to bring across the message that Jesus is saying to you right now, Welcome Home. Yes, and friends, if you're in this area in southern Illinois, and you don't have a home church, then log on to ochurch.com and check out our great homepage on our church and check out our website. You can listen to some of Pastor Rick's messages online, and we want you to come on home and be part of our family here at Orchardville Church, Lonesome Road Ministry. We'd love to have you visit Orchardville. Uh, Sunday school starts at 9 a.m. on Sundays, of course. Uh, 
And preaching starts at uh, 10 a.m., and we'd just love you to have you come and visit with us, and we would more than happy to make you feel welcome. Here's Pastor Rick Hayes. From death to life, welcome home. We're going to be in Luke 15 this morning, and I'm not going to jump in there right away, but that's where we're going to be at, very familiar story of the prodigal son. But I want to just open up with uh, asking you a question. Let me go to this side. Sometimes people tell me I walk to that side a lot, so I'll start over here. (laughs) But uh, I want to start with a question. Have you ever done anything... And I know this answer already before I even ask. Have you ever done anything that you regretted? <laughs> Somebody said, oh, yeah, every day, every single day. But or something that you did that you, that you look back and you know that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I knew better, um, but I did it anyway. You know, for us, Sarah and I in our marriage early on, I had this wild hair that we were going to own this business self-employed and I was going to, we were going to run this videography business for graduations and weddings and whatever else. And (laughs) it was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) We realize that now. I realize that now. Uh, We, we spent a lot of money on some equipment that was becoming quickly outdated and I was behind as soon as I started. And that was a, it was a hard season in our marriage early on. Um, But I'm so thankful that God's still faithful, even when we make those mistakes, that God still takes care of us, um, that God allows do-overs and U-turns and, and redos and all that stuff. He, he lets us have these second, third, fourth chances, multiple chances to, to get things right and get turned around back where he would have us to be. And that goes along with this, this passage this morning, the story this morning of the prodigal son and uh, if you're a Christian, you've been in this a while, you know this story. Um, if you're not, I'm going to summarize it a little bit for you. This man had two sons, and one of the sons decided that he wanted his inheritance now. Not, he didn't want to wait till his father was dead. He was pretty much saying, I, I wish you were dead so I could have my stuff now. So the father agrees to give this son his inheritance and his money and, and let him have it and, and do what he wants to do with it. And this son takes it. And he goes out and just lives it up, does whatever he wants to do, spends his money on whatever he wants to spend it on, and he's just having a blast. Now, for me, for a lot of people in here, we have done things in our lives that are kind of like this, that we go and do what we want to do. We don't care what God says. We don't care what the Father says. We just want to do what we want to do. We want to live it up. We want to make our own choices. A lot of times this happens between 16 and 24-ish teenagers. We don't want to listen to mom and dad. We don't want to listen to reason. We don't want to listen to God. And we just do what we want to do. So this, this young man finds himself doing that and he's having a great time. Sin is fun for a season, I'm sure, right? But it has its consequences. So after he's living this life and having this great time, he runs out of his money. He runs out of this inheritance. He has nothing left. And when he gets to this point, obviously he he doesn't have anything to spend. He can't live it up. He can't do what he wants to do. So all of his friends, you know, when you have money and things are going great, you got a lot of friends. When you have nothing left and you're struggling, you find out who your friends really are. And he gets to this point where he's alone. 
has nothing left, he's alone. And he goes to this pig farmer. And, and, and at least, you know, he could, he could have this job, have something to do, and he's feeding pigs. That's what he's coming down to. He's left his, his father's place where he had everything he needed in abundance. And he's now slopping the pigs, feeding the pigs out there with them. And that's where he finds himself now because he wanted things his way. He wanted to do things his way. And when he gets to this point, and I can just picture him in the mud and the muck and, and feeding these pods to the pigs, and he, and he comes to this realization in his mind, pretty much what am I doing? How did I get here? And it's at that moment in this story, as you read it, that he changes his mind about what he wants to do. And he decides that he, he works up this apology in his head, like, you know, I'll just go back and even just be a servant at my father's house because they even have it better than this. So I'll just come back and ask him if I can be a servant. And so we open up with Luke 15, verse 20 this morning. As he, as he changes his mind in the pig pen. And he says this in Luke 15, 20. So it says, he, so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. That right there is the gospel of Jesus. That each of us, at one point or another, maybe right now, right here this morning, we have chosen our own ways, we've ignored what God said, we've ignored the words of, of the Bible, and we've done our own thing, but then we came to this realization that I'm empty. There's something missing in my life. And the gospel of Jesus is just like this story that we turn from those things and God runs to us and wraps his arms around us. And says, I have a plan to redeem what you're going through. I have a plan to redeem what you're struggling with. I have a plan to forgive you of everything that you've been doing. And there's a love through my son Jesus that you can experience. And this story brings that out. And, and we all know this story. Like I said before, even if you have never attended church, you've heard the term prodigal. When, when somebody says that, you understand what it means. You may have even as I'm opening this up and talking this morning, you may even have somebody that comes to your mind right now. Probably not in your family because yours is perfect. But you thought of somebody else's kid maybe. And you thought, man, they're a prodigal. I mean, they're out doing whatever they want to do, just living it up. They've turned their back on God. And we all, you might have thought of somebody right there in your mind. You know, they just ran from God and did whatever the world would have them to do. Sister so-and-so's kid, man, they're in a mess. I sure hope they come back. And we think about those things. And I got to thinking about prodigal and really just, you know, you know what it means as far as the story goes. But looking it up, I'll have the definition on the screen. It means spending resources freely, recklessly, extravagant, having or giving something on a lavish scale. And as I look at this, and you think about this, you know, he was spending, the, the son was spending his resources freely, recklessly, just doing whatever he wanted to do. 
But as you look at this story of what, how the father reacted as his son came home, you can almost call this story the prodigal father. Because he was going to give his resources freely to his son, recklessly, extravagant, lavish him with kisses and hugs as he came back from what he was dealing with and going through. So this fits for the father as well that he was going to recklessly love him, extravagantly love him, and, and lavish him with things as he came home. Prodigal father. 1 John 3.1 speaks of this. See what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. God lavishes his love over us, on us, through us, in us, because we're his children, and he loves us. And Jesus came to show us the heart of God. You know, and this morning, some people struggle with how they see God. They do. I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the years. Some people say, you know, God, should, if, if God was real and God was love, why would all this bad stuff happen? Why would I have to go through this? That's their perspective. Some people say God's just up there, you know, just punishing people and, and doing these things and hurting people. And, and they get this perspective of God that does not line up with the word of God. And, 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 we, and we struggle with these things sometimes in this perspective that we have, like, no, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about what I'm struggling with because if he did, then he would help me out of it. And some of us in here this, this morning, this is our story as well. We say these things. And I'm here to tell you, like I said earlier, we're all prodigals. We've all chosen our own way at one point or another and turned our back on God. And if you don't want to admit that, that's an issue because we're all prodigals. We're all this person in the story at one point or another. We either were prodigals, we are, or we may become prodigals. Even if you're sitting in here right now and things are going well with you and God, you may turn your back on God next week and be in the same story and choosing what you want to have and being selfish in that instead of what God would have for you. That's all of us. All of us. And, and we can find ourselves living in a season where God doesn't want us to be. And before this passage, you know, right before the story of the prodigal son, there's two other parables that's talked about. The 99 to find one. The shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one that's straight away. The one that's left the flock. And, and some would say, that's reckless. Why would he do that? Well, first of all, there's strength in numbers. So the 99 have strength together. The one wandering aimlessly has no one to come after them. They're out there struggling. And so he leaves to go find the one. And I'm so glad that he came and found me and searched me out and searched you out and didn't give up on me. So thankful that, and then the lost coin, right in the next, the next parable it talks about, this lady loses one of her coins and she's searching everywhere for it, high and low. And when they finally found it, she, she celebrates and has this party that she's found the coin that was lost because it meant so much to her. We mean so much to God, all of us, that he will seek and pursue us. And all he's waiting on is that moment where we turn around and surrender back to him and then he scoops us up. I love that he's a gentleman too. God doesn't force himself on you. If you keep running, you can keep running. He's not gonna force himself on you. But as soon as you turn around and say, God, I need you, I surrender, boom. Amen. Welcome home. Welcome home. 
We may have known the Lord at one time this morning, but maybe we're not serving him like we used to. Or right now we're in the middle of something very difficult and we've, and we've turned our back on him for the moment. We're struggling, we're hurting. We're running the opposite way of our father right now. And some of you say, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm here at church. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in this room right now. A lot of people come into church every, I mean, it matters, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people come into church and leave unchanged. They come in with hurts, they come in with sin, and they walk out with it as well because they won't surrender. They won't push pride to the side and say, I need you. And they keep walking in the same thing that they, they keep showing up to church every week, but they won't let God penetrate their heart. They won't come home. And for myself, anybody ever dealt with, the, dealt with this before? Some people will walk into the church every week with guilt or shame over something they've done. And they keep it and they keep it and they keep it and they keep it. And they just keep walking around with this heaviness. about this one this one hits close to home for me and I shared about this this morning every day you wake up this is your story every day you struggle with this this was me if I don't let God transform my mind every day this could be me again and I understand there's things that happen in our minds and there's imbalances. What I'm trying to tell you is when you come home to the Father, He helps you through these things. Amen. And He walks beside you through them. This was reality for me. I walked around with this for so long through school, through church, every single week and put on this face when I came in like everything was fine, but inside I was dying. That was me. And with that, you feel this. Even though, oh, you're one of the funniest people and you got all kinds of friends. Nope, this was my reality. Isn't it great when you can just put on a mask and be fake? We all do it. We all struggle with it. This was me. Again, not what God would have for me. But this is what I chose to embrace instead of turning and coming to the Father. Aaron, stand up. I know I use you a lot for illustrations. Get back there by the door. Still happening. Not for Aaron, for people that come into the building. Still happening. Every week. We raise our hands and we're, and we're trying to worship to put on a good show for everybody. But every week, this is still part of our lives. Too much pride to lay it down and let people know I struggle. I'm going through this. You know, this was Aaron for a long time. How many years? 36, 35? That's what he wore. That was him. He probably, along with that, felt some of these other things. And he ran the opposite way of God. 
raised in church, knew the Lord, knew of the Lord, and still chose to go his own way and do his own thing, knowing God was real. Running from God. There's the prodigal. And, and as Aaron came to realize the relationship that God wanted to have with him and how he needed to fully surrender his life, that Aaron wasn't defined by everything that goes with that, and he embraced who God says he was, who God says he is, and he understood that I am loved despite this addiction. That I don't have to clean this up as I walk into the church first. God meets me in my mess and blesses me and changes me. So as Aaron, on that Sunday when God finally freed him and he surrendered it all, he starts coming this way towards the Father. What do you think God does? Boom! Oh, yes, Aaron! And he gets rid of that. And that's what it feels like when you surrender and you give your life to the Lord and you come home. That's what it feels like that God just boom and he just hit me with his love and he changed me. And I was able to break those things off of me. Another reality for me, I didn't want to be here. At least the enemy convinced me of that and would put that in my head all the time. I'm telling you, if you struggle with this, stop walking through it alone. And I know this is reality. I'm in youth ministry. I was in youth ministry. I know that's reality for these kids. I know it's reality for people in here, but you don't want to talk about it. And we as a church need to start talking about these things and stop sweeping them under the rug like people don't have issues and problems and start helping them. Some of them don't want to talk about it because they're afraid of being judged and judged in the church. Instead of letting people know, man, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Every hurt, every pain that you have, you're forgiven. Every sin that you're walking in, every addiction, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're, you're running away from God and clinging to, you're forgiven. Amen. That God loves you. That there's a place here for you. There's a place in his kingdom for you. If you'll surrender your life and come home. And come home. And he puts this on us and we can walk around different. Aaron Landreth, when he runs into old friends, man, you were a partier. And Aaron says, yeah, but I'm forgiven. Or somebody else may be, man, you were one of the meanest people around, but yeah, you ought to see I'm forgiven now and God softened my heart so, and it's so big for people. And he changed me. Whatever it is, and I, what really gets me is that we sit in here week after week and we may be struggling with different things, but if you will lay those things down at the feet of Jesus and, and just get over yourself and get under him, he will change you. He will change you. And there's no shame in saying, I need to go to the altar. I need to lay some things down. There's no shame in that. And if you, and if you, if you find judgment from people in here, they're the problem. Not you. We all have these things we carry around. 
even as Christians, that we still may struggle with. And we need to lay them down. We've all wandered off, or maybe right now you're wandering off from what God would have for you. And if you don't know, there's a depth and there's a, a level that you can get to. You don't have to stay where you're at. God wants to take you deeper in things and show you things as you spend time with him. The Holy Spirit is very personable and wants to reveal things to you and, and operate in you and through you. There's, there's, deep, there's a deep place that you can go with God. We don't have to just show up every week and walk out the same. But as we have these things that we're struggling with, Isaiah 53, 6 says, all of us were like sheep that wandered off. All of us. We each had gone our own way, but the Lord gave him, Jesus. Lord God gave Jesus the punishment we deserved. And by him dying on the cross for us, there's forgiveness for everything that we're dealing with as individuals. There's a love that looks past all that and says, you're still valuable to me. It doesn't matter what your mom or dad said about you. It doesn't matter what somebody said about you. You are valuable to me and you need to understand the relationship that I want to have with you. And this morning, I want to tell some of you to come home. You said, I've been here every week. I'm telling you to come home. Home is at the feet of Jesus where you can lay those things down that you've come in every single week with and you're struggling. Come home. Whatever emptiness you may be experiencing in life right now, Jesus can fill it. You know, some people are very successful in life and from the outside it looks like they have it all. But those same people will tell you I'm still empty. There's something that's still not right. I know I have this. I know I have the fancy house and the cars and money and everything I can have, and I'm still empty. That's a place that only Jesus and his love can fill. And they have to understand that. That's why they're still empty. And the son in this story, what, another thing I love about it is He's got this apology worked up in his mind and in his head. As soon as I see my dad, I'm going to say all this stuff. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Let me just be a servant. And you know what the dad does? The father in this story? He just ignores it. It's like, uh, let's celebrate. How many of us would have that same? You know, I've got onto my kids. Thankfully, they haven't been too wild yet. I don't plan on letting them be that way. But even if they do, when they come home, not just to your house, when they come back to Jesus, don't throw it all in their face. Embrace them and celebrate that they came to this realization that I need God. Mom, dad, you were right. I need God. I need Jesus in my life. He doesn't even care about the apology. He just hugs him, kisses him, celebrates him, and throws him a party because my son that was lost. And, and I love in the scripture too, that this is the first time he uses in those three parables. 1524, Luke 1524 says, for the son of mine was dead. We're all going down a path of destruction when we're going opposite of what God has for us. We're spiritually dead. This son of mine was dead and is alive again. 
from death to life. He was lost and is found, so they begin to celebrate. For praise team will come back up this morning. From death to life. Death to life. Welcome home. If you guys will stand this morning. And I'm just processing between me and God right now how to close this out. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that there are people in here that come every week that you're struggling. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to... You don't have to walk around with that burden all the time. If you will surrender this morning, if you will say, Jesus, take this from me, forgive me. He will forgive you. He will restore you. He will redeem you. And he will wrap his arms around you. And you can bask in that love this morning. You can bask in his presence. A lot of times, Pastors will say, if every head's bowed and every eye closed, but I don't want you to do that this morning. Because if you're ashamed to lift your hand right now and admit that you need Jesus, then you'll probably be ashamed to even speak about him outside of here. Again, no judgment from people in here. If you're going to judge people for admitting that they got a problem, I'm going to pray for you after I get done with this first round. So I'm going to just simply ask, And I want you to throw your hand up and don't be ashamed. I'll be the first one to say, man, I don't have it all together. I still struggle with things. There's things I need to lay down and let Jesus take them because I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. So if you're here this morning, I'm not calling you a prodigal. I'm just saying you're struggling with stuff. Maybe you are the prodigal. You're like, you're just totally running from God right now and you need to come back to him. Throw your hand up. I'm struggling with something. I need to come back to God. Throw it up or hive. Don't be ashamed. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I need to lay some things down. Lots of hands going up. So as we worship this morning, thank you. As we worship this morning, you may be here and you don't know the Lord as your Savior. There's a place for you here. There's a place for you here. Welcome home. Don't walk around with the stuff that you've been dealing with over and over and over again. Get freedom this morning. And they're going to sing a song that says, I speak Jesus. And that's all it it takes. I believe on the name of Jesus. I believe who he says he is. And watch things drop off of you. So if you raise your hand, I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning too. I'm just going to come lay a hand on you real quick and just speak over you. And that's going to move on down the line. If you just want to find a place, you're like, I don't want you touching me. Then you just find a place at the altar. You raise your hand, you find a place and you pray about it. And you let it go. And you come home to Jesus. Amen? Let's sing. Let's worship. You want to touch from the Lord? I'm just going to lay a quick hand on you and speak freedom over you. And I'm going to move on to the next one. All right? Let's worship the Lord this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are. And God, your Holy Spirit, we invite you to do what you want to do in this place right now. We know you're here. And God, I know this word was for people. It's a familiar word, God. But it's also a word that's needed in people's lives right now. Because, Father, we struggle. We go through things. Things are hard at times. 
And Father, we don't want to be running away from you. We want to run towards you in those moments. So right now, God, I just pray for hearts to move, for them to step out in faith, not be ashamed to admit that I don't have it all together, that I need Jesus, Father. And then I speak freedom over them, God, as they come back to you. I speak blessing over them. I speak restoration over them, God, that they will come to know you in a new and a fresh way. And those chains and those shackles would break off of them this morning. And God, they would walk out different, different because they encountered you this morning. Lord, we welcome them home, Father. We celebrate as they come home this morning, Father. And we give this to you, Father. We just ask that you work in their hearts and their lives and change people. Because changed people change others. And God, I thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Would you come? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. For every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Well, what a powerful message by Rick Hayes, huh Fred? What a great message and if you was one of them that raised your hand or if this has pierced your heart and you would like to come home to Jesus Christ, Gary, if you would, lead them in a sinner's prayer. You know, a sinner's prayer is its not the words that save you. It's the heart. If you will pray from your heart. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And all you have to do is pray a simple little prayer. Ask God to come into your heart and just say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out and make me that new creation. And I will live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? God looks on our heart, doesn't he? Yes, he does. So, if you prayed that prayer, then give us a call. We want to help you. We want to pray for you.
was Never Again by the McKay Project out of Columbus, Mississippi. They're partners here with us at Lonesome Road Ministry, and if you'd like to contact them, their phone number is 662-312-4146. Speaking of great songs, Fred, I've got a friend by the name of Dan Duncan that is an awesome songwriter, singer, and uh, he's got a great testimony, and he wrote a song about the prodigal son. And what a good song it is. You know, it means so much to me because I remember a time in my life when I'd come in 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd see my mom at the kitchen table with her Bible out, and I know she was praying for me. And I thank God for Mother's prayers. Amen. Amen. And Dan Duncan, is I, I just love this song, and I, I know you're going to love it too. And we're going to let Dan Duncan introduce this song because he's going to share just a little bit of testimony to introduce this song. And, and I just love the way Dan uh, introduces this song, and the lyrics in the song are just so powerful. Take it away, Dan. Mama used to load us kids up and take us to church because Daddy was rotten to the core. And he wouldn't go. She drove 18 miles, put us in the truck. We didn't have a car. Put us in the truck, drove six kids and her 18 miles into town, the little old church with a pot belly stove, and we'd go to church. Man, I love to hear the singing. I love to hear the preaching. But I'll never forget one day when Daddy came out, and he was all cleaned up, and he said, I'm going to go with you today. And Daddy made the trip, and I was... Just blown away when I watched my daddy stand up out of that pew when the preachers gave the invitation. And he walked that aisle and knelt at the altar and shed a lot of tears and and asked the Lord to forgive him for his sinful ways. And God not only saved him, but he made him a preacher. (laughs) Well, that was quite a switch. So I was raised in a preacher's home. And uh, you'd think I'd have had enough sense to always walk with the way I need to be. But, uh, you know, sometimes we get our eyes off of what we should keep our eyes on. And, and I can shorten this by saying my testimony is if you go read the story of the prodigal son, that's my testimony. Because I walked away and got tangled up in things of the world. And uh, found myself in more mess than I knew how to deal with. And I began to think about, I tell you, I was working at a radio station one day and, and uh, I came home. I was doing a midnight radio show and I got off at midnight and I came home and I... I sat down on the side of the bed and I began to think about why is everything going so rotten in my life? Why is everything so bad? And I began to think about back when I used to go to church and love the Lord and served him faithfully. So I thought, well, I'm a rational guy. I'm going to do this right. I sat down, got me a pad and a pen, and I drew a line down the middle. I said, on this side over here, I'm going to write all the reasons I ought to go ahead and pursue this musical career in country. And first I started writing about why I should live for the Lord and why I should get serious about God. Man, I wrote a big old long list. 
So I laid the pen down, cleared my head, and said, okay, now, now I'll go ahead and start. And I grabbed the pen and I started to write the reasons I ought to go ahead and chase a, a neon dream in country. And I, uh, I sat there looking at that paper, and the pen wouldn't write. It wouldn't put anything down, and pretty soon tears started getting the paper wet. So I just turned around and got down on my knees. And I said, Jesus, if you can fix me, I'm yours the rest of my life. And he did. Now, the story of the prodigal son is such a beautiful story. Mine turned out to be in a song. And I'm going to jump in in the middle of it. It's, I, I named an album after it. And I hope, I'd like for everyone in the world to hear this song sometime or other because there's a lot of prodigals out there. So listen to this little song. Took my dad aside one day His tears fell when he heard me say Dad, you need to know that I quit school I don't care about your golden rule Dad, I'm tired of living under your thumb While you're old and slow, I'm smart and young Dad, I want what's mine, then I'll be gone Wanna get out on my own A dozen bars, a dozen towns I buy my friends, I buy the rounds They all say, man, I like your style you sing it fast, you play it wild Boy, you're a guitar playing fool But only half of what they say is true And if I think of mom and dad back home No, I'm out on my own Young and wild, and I'm bad to the bone Footloose and fancy free I'm being just what I want to be I'm out on my own Not a care about what's right or wrong I never meant to get so far from home I'm out on my own Like my money, my friends are gone I'm running scared now, and I'm all alone I just smoked my last cigarette Last night I nearly froze to death I can't play now, my hands shake Lord have mercy, I need a drink I could be with mom and dad back home But I'm stuck out on my own
around the bend Is mom and dad and the house that I was raised in I wonder if they'll speak to me When they see the man that I've turned out to be Hey, who's that running down the road? It's my old daddy, and he's not so slow Arm across the shoulder, he carries me back home No, I'm not on my own Son, and I'll help you along Mama cries and tells her friends on the phone Thank God my boy has finally come home Oh, I'm not on my own The crown ring and now a royal road Ten thousand angels singing welcome back home no, I'm not on my own Jesus gently puts me back in the fold No, I'm not on my own You know, we want to close today's program, and we want to thank you for riding along with us. And we're going to close it with a song written by my partner, Gary Rayburn, entitled, At the Foot of the Tree. Yeah, Fred, this song here is off of our Lonesome Road Volume 1 CD, and this is Dennis McKay to sing it. And I'll tell you, when Dennis recorded this, he just brought it up to a brand new level. And I just appreciate him so much. This song here, At the Foot of the Tree, is my testimony in song. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name this chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree 
rolling down that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past but I called his name this chance could it be my last then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees today I met Jesus foot of the cross broken hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees today Jesus at the foot of the cross broken hearted and lonesome so long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.